7.45, quarter till 8. Quickly to our friend Scott Bickford, an attorney who's litigated election contest, including most recently in August, representing the mayor of Shreveport. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning. I need, I need uh, a better way to refer to you. I need to call you, what, an election lawyer? Uh, you could do that, I suppose, but uh, that's not always my principal focus. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll come up with a title for you that you're happy with. Tell me uh, about this news. Tell us, for the listeners that are just waking up, not understanding what goes on here or what went on, this involves the judge who signed off on the um, compromise about active voters, correct, and signed the number of signatures needed for the petition. Uh, that's correct. And, and, and this is all about context, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a sitting judge who in December uh, apparently signed, the, according to the Times-Picayune, signed the public record, a public record uh, petition which said, I'm in favor of uh, recusing the, of, of, uh, of, <clears throat> of getting rid of the mayor. Um, and hey, um, and then she presided over a proceeding which affected that. Yeah, I'm reading from the article here, even, um, well, first of all, well, let me take a step back. Let me get myself together here, Scott. Even before then, she gave recall organizers, said this is the article about the judge, Judge Medley, a series of favorable rulings. She rejected efforts by election officials to have the case tossed before testimony was heard. When recall leader Eileen Carter took the stand, Medley refused to allow election officials to question Carter on the number of signatures the organizers had collected. Does well, the, I mean, does, not, is any of that relevant? I, I guess in yeah, in light of uh, go ahead. Yeah, not really. Okay. I mean, it, what's, what's more relevant is you have to look at the context of this thing, and and if you just look at the time, the front page of the Times Picayune, I mean, they announced this story in letter in 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 type size reserved for death of presidents, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, this is a substantial issue uh, that affects the New Orleans community. And, you know, judges are basically supposed <clears throat> supposed to uh, be fair and impartial. And if there's a su- substantial and objective basis, which w- you would reasonably expect a judge um, to not be fair and impartial, then, you know, then they should recuse themselves. But in the very least, this judge should have told the parties uh, of her, um, you know, of her signing of, of the petition because it affects how they would have conducted the proceeding and it affects whether or not the mayor would have jumped in at the time. You know, there's a judgment sign now, which, you know, under the law makes it more complicated for, you know, to recuse the judge thereafter. But, you know, the law also says that there's a very short timeline when, once you find out additional facts that a judge should have been or could have been recused, uh, that you have to raise the issue. So the time, the clock's ticking. Let me go back to the article at NOLA.com from uh, John Simerman and Matt Sledge, and let me read a, a paragraph here that says, um, Medley's signature doesn't fit any of the specific scenarios that the on the petition they're talking about, doesn't fit any of the specific scenarios that the legislature laid out in 2021 for when judges must disclose potential conflicts or bias. That that, was, well, go ahead. It's true and not true. They changed the law in 2021 to make the recusal laws a little bit actually more liberal and more clear. And, uh, you know, the one of these 
Singh says that if the judge uh, is biased or interested in the cause or its outcome, that the, that the and and that the judge would not be uh, would be unable to conduct a fair and impartial proceeding. The judge should recuse themselves. And you know the the you know is it a mandatory recusal? I don't know, given the context of this situation, again, uh, given the fact that it's a highly politicized uh, uh, matter within the community, uh, and given the fact that the that the you know the the entire reason for recusal statutes is so that the public has a perception of a fair and impartial judiciary. You know, I think that on the whole, uh, yeah, she should have recused herself. Let me take let me take a break, Scott, because when we come back, I got a couple of different questions for you. One of them is, um, what happens from here? And the other is, she made an active decision to sign that petition. However, another judge could have made an active decision to passively not sign the petition. And would that then mean that they're biased in favor of the mayor, even though they didn't do anything? And by not doing anything, if they decided actively not to do that, it was a passive gesture. But who knows? We'll talk about that when we come back. I just got to thinking about that last night. 7.50, 10 till 8, traffic now, WWL. 755 and a half, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Scott Bickford, an attorney who is experienced in election law. So I was talking, and we're talking about it in case you just joined us, a story at NOLA.com, a font that would indicate, what? how did you say that, Scott? Font size that a president had been shot? Is that what you said? Reserve, reserve for the death of presidents. Yeah, reserve for the death of presidents. That Judge Jennifer Medley signed the recall petition but didn't disclose it. That's the judge that signed off on the uh, agreement between the recall organizers and the uh, court, uh, the in New Orleans Parish, and also Kyle Ardwin, um, about the number of signatures needed. So what I was trying to say before, Scott, is, okay, with Jennifer Medley, she signed the petition, and that was an active gesture. But conversely, a judge, if she were to recuse herself, could have actively decided not to sign the petition and been against it, even though they didn't prove it, they didn't do anything. So it was a passive way to actively express their vote. I don't know, or their opinion. I don't know how you'd prove that, though. Well, you you don't. But remember, the the Supreme Court of the United States has basically said the due process clause of the Constitution, you know, that we we are we are, a vital state interest is safeguarding the public confidence in the fairness and integrity of the nation's elected judges, right? And when you when you go out and expressly sign a petition, post things on Facebook as to your opinions on certain things, or you know publicly uh, give speeches in in favor of one side or another, then as a as a judge who is supposed to be an independent arbiter. You set yourself up for not being able to, you know, be perceived to fairly rule on a particular subject. I mean, judges have to set aside prejudices and biases all the time. Uh, but when they make public expressions of, of the same, uh, you know, such as this, then, you know, you start to rock the confidence in the judicial system. And, and that's the bedrock of, of, you know, what we want is a fair and impartial judicial, judicial system. So what happens at from least, here, Scott? At least, at least the perception. Yeah. What happens from here now? 
that's an interesting question because the, the, the rules contemplate that all of this recusal issues would happen before a trial, before a judgment, uh, and that you have a time limit to do that upon finding facts. This, the judgment's been signed in this case. And, you know, the question is, what, what procedurally can you go back and undo the judgment because the judge should have been recused? I, I mean, I will tell you that, that Mayor Cantrell is accumulating more reasons to set this, this recall petition aside by the day. And, um, you know, and I think this just adds to that pile. But and, at the end of it all, Scott, just to play devil's advocate, Sandra Wilson the Orleans Registrar did agree to it, right? Well, I guess, but, you know, the problem is you can't parse out what happened in the context of, of the litigation because, you know, or how another judge would have guided the litigation. And so we don't know that. And, you know, and we don't know what influenced Medley's decisions to exclude testimony or to exclude the the count, et cetera, would have had on the on the, on the decision-making process of the litigants in this case. So, again, the first step is, do they have the signatures? And that's what Mayor Cantrell bases her actions on, right? Yeah, if there's 60,000 signatures, this whole thing may be moot, right? And, 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 and we move on. But, I mean, if there's, you know, if, there, if, if there's one extra signature that, that needed, and that happened to be Judge Medley's, how's that going to go down? Wow. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate your time. I really do, and I know we'll talk to you again, all right? All right. Take care. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. We'll take a break. Come back, talk to Rafael Goenetje, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission, about Jason 